Hello, Danielle Bean here. I'm just hopping on real quick before the start of today's show to let you know about the free Theology of the Body virtual conference. This is coming up. It's going to take place online April 30th to May 2nd. I'm honored to be a part of it. And my talk is titled Mother is a Verb. And that's where I'm going to be sharing with you about our feminine gifts, the things that we uniquely are called to do as women and the ways that God calls all women to love and serve others in our lives as only we can. I can't wait to connect with you there at the Virtual Theology of the Body Conference. Their website is tobvirtualconference.com. You can go there, you can register for free, get access to my talk and dozens more from some really wonderful, dynamic Catholic speakers. I can't wait to connect with you there. Girlfriends, episode number 268, Hope and Healing After Postpartum Depression with Danielle Lerner. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. This week, I have a special guest who is focusing on the topic of postpartum depression, an important topic for so many of us. Let's get going. Hello, girlfriend. I am glad you are joining me here today. Thank you so much for showing up and connecting with me here on the Girlfriends Podcast. If you are a new listener, I want to welcome you. I hope you're going to enjoy what we share here. If you're sometimes or always listener, thank you too for your support. I'm so grateful for your presence here. Always glad to be able to connect through the podcast. Well, this week we have an important topic. We're talking about postpartum depression, anxiety disorders. I have a special guest who's going to be sharing about some of her own experiences with that, Danielle Lerner. But before we dive into that, I just want to remind you that pre-orders are ongoing for my new book, Whisper, Finding God in the Everyday. And I can't wait to share this book with you. So you're going to want to pre-order over at ascensionpress.com because pre-ordering is the only way you can get that free downloadable companion journal. And you're going to want that for use on your own with this book or with a group of girlfriends or in your women's group or as a parish study. There are lots of ways that you can use this companion journal. And I'm really hopeful that this is going to be the kind of book where you want to be connecting with other people and sharing those conversations and spending your own time journaling and reflecting on some discussion questions that kind of invite you to go deeper, because that's what this book is all about. I shared with you a little bit last week, but in case you weren't part of last week's show, I'll just remind you that this book is all about the different ways that we can experience and connect with God in the everyday, some of the very real ways that He is speaking to us. So it's called Whisper because it's about some of the ways that God speaks to us that are more subtle, that we might miss if we're busy or if we're scrolling through Instagram or if we're turning on Netflix. We really need to cultivate the habit of quiet, quieting ourselves, sitting still, being still, and sitting with God, recognizing that God's present in all aspects of your life. He's in pre He's present in the people in your life. He's present inside of the everyday sacrifices He might be calling on you to make. Through anything you might suffer, He's there and He's looking to meet with you and connect with you through suffering, through sorrow, through grief, through loss, through pain. And He's also looking to connect with us through our joys and our pleasures. 
So inside of Whisper, Finding God in the Everyday, I explore some of those different ways that we connect with God and also share some wisdom from the saints and some real prayer practices and my own experiences with them in ways in which those might enhance your ability to tune in to hear the whispers of God in your everyday life. It is my prayer that this book will be a blessing to you. So go to the show notes at ascensionpress.com to get the link or just go to my social media. I will have the link to pre-order on my Instagram, Danielle Bean, or on Facebook, facebook.com slash Danielle Bean. I really can't wait to connect with you through this book. And we're going to be connecting right here on Girlfriends in a special way in the coming weeks as the book is um, shipping and people are beginning to get their copies. We're going to do a mini book club right here on Girlfriends. So um, the second half of the show, I usually have, you know, 10 minutes or so where I might take a a reader question. And so in the coming weeks, I'm going to switch that part of the show over to a mini book club just for a limited period of time. And we'll spend some time each week going through a different section of the book. So you can become familiar with the content and kind of explore it that way. But I'm really hopeful that you will get your copy of the book. So make sure you pre-order and then can kind of be following along as we go week by week. I'll be dealing with a different chapter each week in that little section of the podcast. The The front part of the podcast is going to be very much the same, but I'm just going to switch that content for a limited period of time while we explore this opportunity to read the book together and share some thoughts about it, share some reflections on it. So pre-order your copy over at ascensionpress.com or just get the link from my my social media or in the show notes at ascensionpress.com. And then that way you'll be all ready to follow along in your own copy of the book as we go through week by week right here on Girlfriends. There are also going to be some live events that are going to happen on Ascension's Facebook page through my own Girlfriends Facebook group. There's going to be a special invitation to join a Zoom call. Those are coming up. I can't wait. Some We've got some real fun plans in the works for the coming weeks as we're getting out the information about Whisper, finding God in the everyday. I can't wait to share this book with you. And I'm so grateful that you are right here along for the ride with it. So I mentioned the Facebook group. And some of you might be thinking, what, what are you talking about? So I just want to let you know, you can join the Girlfriends Facebook group, which is a private group, but you do have to make a request to join. And it's open to anybody who listens to the Girlfriends podcast. So congratulations, you qualify. So you can just um, go over to facebook.com slash groups slash Girlfriends podcast. If you can't remember all that, it's totally fine. Go to ascensionpress.com or connect with me on social media and just ask me for the link. Then you can link over and make your request to join the group. It's really a lovely group of women there. We kind of avoid the drama that goes on in other parts of Facebook groups and other online places and really just connect about everyday things in our lives. And some I love it when some of the moms share uh, prayer requests or share photos of things they're doing with their kids or happy milestone moments like First Communion and that sort of thing. So really is a nice way for you for us to be able to connect outside of the podcast. Of course, I love connecting through the podcast, but it's like a one-way street here, right? I love to be able to see who you are and get to know you a little bit. So that Girlfriends Facebook group is really a wonderful way that we're able to do that. And bonus, you will get the limited invite to the Zoom call if you're a part of that Facebook group. So 
Looking forward to connecting with you there as well. All right, I want to move on to our interview section of the show because Danielle Lerner is a woman who has suffered postpartum depression and she reached out to me to share her story. And she's been doing a beautiful job of sharing her own story in a way that is encouraging and helpful to others. If you've suffered postpartum depression or anxiety disorders, mood disorders, depression, any of these, or if you know somebody who is suffering from that. I think what Danielle shares is really valuable information, but also just encouraging to be able to hear from somebody who's been there and you know get that, that very basic information, of course, of what you need and ways that you can reach out and seek help and how you can know that you might need that sort of help. Um, but just very in very practical ways, it's encouraging to know others who've been there, that you're not alone in it, and um, someone who's willing to offer you a hand and offer you some really practical help in ways that you can begin to get out of that dark place in your life. So really looking forward to sharing this important conversation that I recently had with Danielle Lerner. Take a listen. Hey, everybody. I'm excited to have a special guest who is joining me here. A new friend of mine, Danielle Lerner, is here with us on Girlfriends today. Danielle Lerner is a devoted wife, a doting mom of two, and an Emmy Award-winning broadcast journalist who's currently working as a news anchor and reporter in her hometown of Phoenix, Arizona. After telling other people's stories for more than a decade, Danielle felt compelled to share her own family story, navigating postpartum depression and anxiety after the birth of their younger daughter, Harper. She's a passionate advocate for maternal mental health and credits her recovery to professional treatment, an incredible support system, and her Catholic faith. Such an important topic. Danielle, welcome to Girlfriends. I'm thrilled that you're here. Thank you, Danielle. I'm so excited to be here and to speak with you and all of your wonderful listeners. Great. This is the Danielle show. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I always like to meet another Danielle, but let's dive into this topic because you know what? I couldn't believe it when you suggested this topic that we haven't really covered this. We haven't had a guest on to talk specifically about this topic of postpartum depression and anxiety. And it's such a common thing that people experience. Mm -hmm. Maybe just to get us started, share a little bit about your own experience, your journey. Sure. Absolutely. So as you mentioned, I have two little girls. Uh, My older one is about to turn four and my younger one is almost two now. I just can't believe it. Time is flying. Um, after the birth of my younger daughter, Harper, you know, the normal kind of postpartum experience at first, or at least that it felt normal for me, um, had, had a few struggles, but for the most part, those first few weeks were okay. We did have some, some nursing struggles and, and I did have a C-section. So recovery was, was a little difficult Yeah, about four or five weeks in, I started noticing I was just feeling really down, really sad. I would tell my husband, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm crying at the, this bottomless pit and I don't know why. Um, but what really triggered it for us of knowing that something was wrong, something more serious was happening was my anxiety was through the roof. And it started with small tasks became too much, you know, changing a diaper started to feel really overwhelming. I did not want to get up for overnight feedings, which let's be real. Nobody wants (laughs) overnight feedings, but truly unable to. Yes. And I would just, I was growing to dread those feedings. And what, what I think really made me pause was I was in my, in my bedroom closet pumping at midnight Mm -hmm. and I was sitting there on the floor and I, I was just 
kind of rocking back and forth. And I was thinking to myself, why do I have all of this energy, this pent up anxiety? What is going on? What is happening? And later that night is when I had my first full on panic attack. My older daughter had come into bed with us for the first time ever. And I think between that and my baby sleeping across the way, and it was just so much. And I had a full on panic attack. And we thought honestly that I was having a heart attack at first because I had never had a physical thing. Yeah. Yes. Hands numb, couldn't breathe, couldn't stand. Uh, My husband's holding our newborn, Googling if he needs to take me to the emergency room. My My older daughter's next to me. And I'm trying to tell her it's okay. Mommy's mommy's just tired. Mommy's just tired because she could tell something was wrong. And that was the moment all of us realized something, something serious is happening. And so thankfully we have a wonderful support system. I didn't know this, but they too had been thinking something was going on and I was able to reach out, find help here near us. There's a wonderful organization that specializes in postpartum depression and anxiety and other perinatal mood disorders. And I was able to access treatment and help. And it took about three weeks for me to, to get to where I could function on my own with, mm-hmm. with the kids. We brought in help, but it took a while. Um, but, but, you know, once we were on the other side, my husband and I both looked at each other and said, you know what? We are so lucky that we have the means to access this kind of treatment, that mm-hmm. we have the support system to help us do it. And that we knew enough to go seek out help because a lot of people don't. And that's what broke our hearts was the thought of these families out there who are going through this may not even know they're going through it until they hear it from someone else. And so that's why we both felt very compelled once we were, uh, you know, through the weeds a bit um, to, to really share our story wherever we could. Yeah. And that's so important to do because this is not an uncommon thing at all. I think people don't talk about it quite enough, perhaps. But um, do you have some of those statistics? How many how many people do suffer from postpartum depression or anxiety? Yes. So actually, during my work as a broadcast journalist, I was able to do a whole series on postpartum depression and anxiety. And Postpartum Support International is a wonderful national organization. They have chapters in every state. So they're a great resource. Just want to float that out there. Their most recent statistics show that one in seven moms will suffer from some form of postpartum depression or perinatal mood disorder. And also that one in 10 dads can suffer some form of postpartum depression. And that was something that surprised me because you never think of this as something that's impacting fathers. Right. Um, Something else that was very eye-opening to me personally was realizing that symptoms of this can appear anytime during pregnancy up to one year after giving birth. Wow. So even for me, as I looked back during my pregnancy with Harper, the signs of that anxiety were already there. Um, Mm -hmm. During my treatment, we realized I probably had it after my first, my first child didn't get treated for it. And it was just kind of white knuckling it for the rest of those two years. Yeah. And everything really came to a head after Harper. And so in hindsight, I, I can pinpoint those feelings of anxiety growing and mm-hmm. feeling like I needed a break. I needed, I needed relief somehow, but didn't know how to vocalize that and, and didn't know what it was at the time. Right. I think that's the tricky thing, right? Because a lot of these things, you know, we all experience anxiety in different levels. And for sure, there's a flux of emotions all through pregnancy and breastfeeding. And like, I just remember having days where 
after, you know, maybe three or four days after having a baby, I would just have a day where I just cried the entire day. And I remember friends and my sisters telling me it's normal. You got all these hormones, you know? Um, so how can we differentiate? Like at what point should a person say like, this is normal fluctuations. And then where do they cross that line? Like, this is not normal. Maybe I need some help. Sure. So, so for me, this is purely going off of my personal experience. So obviously, um, doctors and health professionals would know, um, more of those concrete signs, but I think this is where that support system is so huge because Mm -hmm. for mom, it's very easy to write feelings off as, oh, of course I'm overwhelmed. I've never had a child before, or of course I'm overwhelmed. I'm trying to nurse and do this. And I've got two kids. And, um, I think where it really started to, to shift is when it became debilitating Mm -hmm. to where, I didn't want to leave the house because I was terrified that they would cry and I wouldn't know what to do. And so I just started hunkering down at home. And I later learned that my sister-in-law and a very good friend of mine were starting to notice some of these signs. I was texting constantly of questions about everything under the sun. And so they were actually planning play dates to come over so that I wouldn't be by myself because they could tell I was getting very overwhelmed. Um, And so from an outsider's perspective, I would say if it starts to become debilitating, if you're noticing that mom maybe doesn't want to hold the baby, that was another thing that I would do that I didn't realize is I would pass them off to anyone who wanted to hold, to hold her. Uh, Oh yeah, sure. You want to hold her? Great. I'm going to go sit over here so I can take a break or, um, you know, yeah, you know, my husband, if you want to sit next to her at the restaurant in the car seat, that'd be great because then I didn't feel like I was as anxious. So little things like that Mm -hmm. um, can can kind of be red flags. And then also, you know, this is another reason I think it's so important to be honest because for, for moms that, that crying, that overwhelmed feeling is probably somewhat normal in, in most circumstances, but you can also have intrusive thoughts or nightmares or things Mm -hmm. that can start manifesting that are, that are scary and things that you don't want to to vocalize. And that is a, that's a big red flag. For sure. mm-hmm. And, and that, I think it's important to talk about these things more because there may be people experiencing it that didn't know, like there's a word for what this is, right? Or this is a diagnosable thing that I can yeah. get some help with. Because I, I think you're right that we, as moms, as women, we, we tend to muddle through, right? Like, okay, yeah, I'm overwhelmed. Of course, I'm not sleeping. You know, of course, I'm anxious. Of course, I feel overwhelmed. But there there comes a point where it's outside of the range of normal and you do need that help. And um, so what are some of the other ways? Because I know everybody experiences this differently, right? right? So not everybody's experience will be quite the same as yours, yeah. which was really very focused on anxiety. I, I have a good girlfriend who really suffered from just real depression after mm-hmm. a couple of her babies. And it was that kind of going into herself mm-hmm. that others on the outside could notice. Um, are there other ways that this could manifest? There are several other ways that it can manifest. Actually, again, Postpartum Support International, a great resource for this. There can be symptoms of depression, anxiety, bipolar disorder, symptoms of OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, or on the extreme ends, you know, some moms can experience suicidal thoughts or, you know, things that are more serious than kind of your standard depression or anxiety. And so it can manifest in all different ways and in in varying levels. And so for me, having medication and regular therapy was, was huge for my recovery. That, that was great. But Mm -hmm. for, 
for other women, you know, they may not necessarily need that type of level of treatment, but they just might need a little more support. And so I think that's another reason why we feel compelled to share, because for me, it was very difficult to acknowledge how I was feeling and to ask for and accept help because I immediately felt like I was failing. Right. Why would you do that? Right. I shouldn't need someone here to help me take care of my kids. Other moms do this all the time. They have way more kids than I do. Why can't I handle it with just two kids? Right. And so I think that's where moms need to be honest about how they're feeling, ask for help and where your support system comes in. And even if mom isn't asking for help, but you can tell that she's struggling, even if it's just sending a text, Hey, how are you feeling today? How are you doing emotionally? Hey, can I bring you a meal? I had one of our sitters come over and she made me lunch and cleaned my bathroom. And I fought her tooth and nail to not clean the bathroom. <laughs> I said, you are not cleaning the bathroom. And she said, sit there with your baby, eat your lunch and let me clean your bathroom. 30 yeah. minutes later. And when she left, I felt so grateful and so cared for. And I think too, that's where this community of faith comes in too, right? Where we're mm-hmm. called to serve one another. And, but we feel so blessed to be surrounded by a community that does that. And, and again, I, I think that played a huge role in our recovery. Yeah. Okay. So I'm glad you brought up the faith aspect because of course I'm always telling people, you know, (laughs) like mood disorders or or mental illness is a real thing that, you know, that you can't pray it away. Um, you you know, but of course you, you, you've mentioned that your faith has been an important part of your healing process. Maybe, Mm -hmm. um, share a little bit more about that beyond the community. How about you personally in, in your relationship with God? How did that factor into your healing? Well, I think there have been a few moments in my life where I look back and see that God literally brought me to my knees in order to reach out to him for help and support to get through what I was going through. Mm -hmm. And this was certainly one of those, those moments, um, when you're in it, it's real difficult to try to see the purpose in it. Right. there was a lot of, why is this happening to me? Why am I the one that has to go through this? Um, so obviously prayer was, was so important uh, saying the rosary or even just a decade of the rosary. If I was feeling like I was going to have a panic attack or if that anxiety was creeping in, that was a great way to just try to calm myself and, and really focus back on the present. Mm-hmm. And then as we started to, as I started to feel better and a little more like myself, um, being in church and giving that gratitude to, to God, to being where we were in, in our lives at that time was huge. And so now I look back and I see why we weathered that storm. And I'm, it sounds odd to say I'm grateful for that experience because at the time it was terrifying and I would never wish that on anybody. Right. But I see the bond I have with my children. Now I see the bonds my husband and I have. And I see the impact it makes on others when we share our story. And I see now why we went through that. And I, and I'm thankful every day, you know, when we do our good night prayers with, with my daughter, we always start with, you know, I'm grateful for this family. I'm grateful for this love. And, and I have so much more of an appreciation for that now than I ever have. Yeah. That's a beautiful witness. I think that when you're going through something, it's hard to see that. But on the other side of it, yes, you can look back and see, you know, rather than feeling like God 
punished you. You got allowed it to happen because he knew what good could come of it. And I know for me and my own experiences, it's only in those times where I'm thrown off my feet. Like, because, you know, when all's going well, like here you are, this, you know, career mom, you've got this amazing work that you're doing and you've got these beautiful children. And like, if you, if it was all going swimmingly, you can feel like, oh, I got this. Like who needs God, right? I mean, that's the temptation of course. And yet it's only moments where you get knocked down as painful as it is. And like you said, we wouldn't choose it. That's the good fruit that can come from it is actually knowing, oh, God is God. And, and I'm one of his creatures that needs him desperately. Yes, absolutely. And I think also, um, you know, in our church community, after we, we shared our story, I had several moms, some I knew, some I didn't, who came up to me and said, you know what, it was just so nice to, to hear another mom identify with that feeling of being overwhelmed, of mm-hmm. putting yourself last as you pour everything into your children and your family. And, you know, especially being in, in our Catholic community, there's several moms with very large families. And, mm-hmm. um, I had a mom who has four little boys, very close in age. And she came up to me and said, you know what I did after, after seeing your story now, whenever I, I feed my kids, I eat first, I eat my food first, and then I give it to them. It's a small thing, but that's my way of acknowledging I need to be fed. I need to be taken care of so I can take care of my family. So even though it's something that seems small, just reminding one another that you're not alone in this, there are other people feeling the same way as you do at whatever level. Um, But that, you know, it is important to put, to put yourself first sometimes and to take care of yourself as well and not to completely lose yourself as you serve your family, as you serve your children and the community around you. Right. And that's so the opposite of what we are inclined to do, I think, because, <laughs> uh, you know, well, and, and also I think in some ways our, our faith, we can twist it in a way like, oh, I'm supposed to be dying to myself. Right. That that whole <laughs> phrase. I remember having like this really weird battle with that idea of it as a young mom, like oh, I, I have to get up every day and die, like mm-hmm. die to myself. <laughs> like that sounds horrible, yeah. you know, and on some days that was really hard to kind of reckon with. So, you know, kind of balancing that. And then I, I like that you mentioned, you know, that we feel guilty, like, or we feel like we're failing because mm-hmm. other people don't seem to need this help. And and yet it's such an important reminder that when we open up a little bit and share inside of any women's group, it's always been my experience that everybody's like, oh my gosh, me too. Oh yes. yeah, totally. And, and that's so encouraging to remember because you kind of get lost in that, don't you? Yes. And the guilt and the shame were incredibly overwhelming, especially during that tough time that you know, those weeks where I had to literally force myself to hold my baby because I just Mm -hmm. was so anxious and intimidated and overwhelmed. Just that overwhelming guilt and shame of this isn't, this isn't what a mom does. You know, my husband shouldn't be holding the newborn and making breakfast while he's getting ready to go to work while I cry in the corner. This isn't what's supposed (laughs) to happen. And so another thing I now tell women is try to cut through that guilt and shame because it doesn't mean that you're a bad mom. It doesn't mean that you don't love your family. You just might need some help and support and that is okay. And the sooner that you're able to, to get to that, the better off you're going to be. Right. And, and taking care of yourself in some of these basic ways, it just, it needs to be just part of your 
healthy practice as a mom, you know, talking about feeding yourself, taking a shower, (laughs) getting proper rest. These are challenges for for young moms. And of course, you're not always going to be able to sleep eight uninterrupted hours at night, but looking for ways that you can get that break, looking for the kind of support that you need, Mm -hmm. um, all of that can contribute to, uh, you know, a positive impact on your mental health. Uh, But so there might be some moms who are listening right now who aren't sure what's going on with them or, you know, they're, they're feeling like, okay, this is speaking to my heart. There's something off right Mm -hmm. now. And maybe I need to address it. That's a scary Mm -hmm. place to be. Do you have some suggestions for like a first place to start where, where should people look for the kinds of resources they need? So I would say very first start would be to contact your, your doctor and, and have that conversation and be honest of, I'm, I'm feeling this way. This, these are the thoughts that are coming to me. This is how often it's happening. This is how I feel about, you know, interacting with, with my baby and, and so forth of contacting your personal doctor. Um, also online, you know, I keep mentioning the postpartum support international. That's a great website. And then they have chapters in each state. And so they also have a warm line where you can actually call or text 24 hours and somebody will get back to you within the next 24 hours of answering questions. Yeah. Or, you know, just talking you through that's more of an anonymous type of a thing. And Mm -hmm. then they direct you to resources in your local area. And so I I think those are great places to start. Obviously this is assuming that you've spoken with your, your family with, with maybe some really close friends, um, you know, your partner who can help you in this. But as far as a, from a medical or kind of that health professional level, I'd say start with your doctor and then potentially reach out to some of those organizations that specialize in this. Okay. And and so you, you mentioned, you know, in the beginning that you you felt blessed after going through this to reflect on the fact that you you had the resources that so that you could do this, so that you could access this help. Is there help available for people that maybe don't have access to, you know, mental health insurance, you know, for, for mental health care, or maybe they don't feel like they, they have the supportive kind of community. Do you, do you have suggestions for that? Or is there just a real need for more resources? That was one thing that we discovered in our three-part series that we did on perinatal mood disorders is that particularly in lower income areas or areas where, where language may be a barrier, that there is a huge need for this type of support and access to affordable treatments. And so what we found, and this is just in our area here in in the Valley in Phoenix, Mm -hmm. was several of the area hospitals offer free postpartum groups. Um, Some of the women's centers here in in the Valley that that serve some of those populations do offer uh, women's groups for free for uh, women who think that they're going through postpartum depression. Also, there are some bills here in our state legislature that are working to expand that access uh, to affordable treatment for women who are on um, state health care. And so there are some some steps in the works, but there there is still a huge need for access to affordable treatments. Right. Right. So people can look into what, what is available and, and then, you know, possibly look into ways that they could help mm-hmm. make this, this sort of help and support uh, more readily available to people of all different levels of income. So that's a really important point to make. But I, I think ultimately, this is, of course, it's a, a mental health problem where you need professional help. But also, I think it's it's really important to underscore the importance of community and 
especially in these times, I've become more aware than ever of our need for community. You know, when we're not able to gather in in person as we normally are, I think it's really highlighted for me in my own community, some of the things that I took for granted previously. So hopefully things are going to be opening back up at some point here. Hopefully, yes. But um, I'm looking forward to ways that we can connect with other women. And I think this is a really big thing. And it's a theme always here at Girlfriends that we need each other. Come on, ladies, Mm -hmm. we we need each other. And I always think of the example, the beautiful example our lady set in the visitation when she went to visit her cousin Elizabeth. They connected through that shared experience of motherhood. There are so many ways that we can do that that will help us, but then Mm -hmm. also be a help and a support to other people. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, it's something where I've learned over the years in becoming a mom. I've only been at it four years, so I've still got a little bit of a ways to go. (laughs) Um, But I've seen the different ways that you can do that, right? I know uh, meal trains are great and and Mm -hmm. we have friends who bring meals, which is wonderful. And, you know, like I said, I had a sitter clean my bathroom, which was great. Uh, But sometimes it was just a friend who regularly, a couple times a week would just text and check Mm -hmm. in. Hey, how are you doing? How are you feeling? One thing I've started doing with my friends who, who have babies is obviously there's the initial, how's everything going? How are you feeling? How's baby? But I always follow up with a gift for baby and a gift for mom, whether it's a a spa gift basket or, you know, some, some of those little face masks that you can buy at, at CVS, just something to remind her to take a few minutes and care for herself. And it doesn't have to be this huge, big gesture, but just letting someone know that you're there, that you're listening, Mm -hmm. no judgment zone. I think that can only help make all of our experiences even better. Yeah. Oh, I so agree. And I hope that people listening, whether you're in need of help or you're able to be a source of support and help to someone else, will look for ways to tap into your community, ways that you're able to starting right now. So we'll have the links in the show notes at ascensionpress.com. If you want to subscribe to the show notes for girlfriends, just text the word girlfriends to 33777. I'll have the links to the different resources that Danielle has shared. Plus, we'll get a link to the story that she did. Um, There's a YouTube link that we can share as well. So you can check that out. And um, you have a website. Can you give us that URL? Yep. DanielleLearner.wordpress.com. So that's kind of my my about me page um, over there if you want to check that out. And I thank you so much for, for taking the time to discuss this topic. And you know, hopefully listeners out there, like you said, it, whether they need help or they're in a place to help others, hopefully it continues to make an impact. Absolutely. Well, I want to thank you, Danielle, for taking the time to share here on Girlfriends. And thank you for all the work you're doing to support women's health. It is so vitally important. Do you find it difficult to enter into the mysteries of the rosary? What about personally applying them to your life? Drawing from the writings of the saints, the Bible, and Catholic tradition, Matt Fratt has produced Pocket Guide to the Rosary, a masterful work that teaches Catholics how to truly meditate on the mysteries of the rosary, how to pray the rosary like the saints, and so much more. If you're looking to deepen your prayer life and improve the way you pray what St. Padre Pio called the weapon of our times, we invite you to check out Pocket Guide to the Rosary by Matt Frad. To order, visit ascensionpress.com or Amazon.
Welcome back. Now we're at the point in the show where I like to share some listener feedback or a question. And if you have a question you want me to take up in this section of the show, you can always email it to me, danielle at daniellebean.com. Connect with me on social media. I'm Danielle Bean on Facebook and Instagram. Or connect with me on Voxer. I love to connect with you on Voxer. And the link to connect with me on Voxer is always in the show notes at ascensionpress.com. All right, this week, I heard from a woman who I'm going to call Deborah. She asked to remain anonymous if I shared her question. So here's what she wrote. She says, Hi, Danielle, I'm listening to your podcast about five skills to work on now if you want to get married later. I'm discerning if I'm going to share this with my daughter but I don't want to be pushy. Everything you said is so enlightening. If only my daughter could hear it. I'm concerned about my daughter who is living with her boyfriend and now they have a child. She no longer practices her faith. Her boyfriend is a Buddhist. He's a good person, loving, caring, responsible, respectful. My daughter used to be part of youth ministry when she was in college. She started drifting away from her faith though. I've been praying for her since then for her to come back to the faith. Now that they have a daughter and my daughter doesn't believe in marriage, especially not marriage in the Catholic church, she says it's just a ritual. I was shocked hearing that from my daughter. She says she still believes in God. I don't know if the boyfriend has the same notions about marriage. I would like to talk to him, but I don't know if it's proper to do that. Any advice would be a big help. Deborah. Okay, so again, this is, Deborah is not her real name. I'm protecting this person's identity. But I, I've got a few things that I, I want to say to Deborah and the many people that I know who are listening who are in similar circumstances, because I, I, I know you're out there. I hear from you all the time. So the first thing to know is you're not alone. You know, last week I, I shared a an email from Mary who was talking about her her daughter, her young adult daughter who's gay and and struggling with how to respond to that and how to love her daughter. And part of what she shared in that email really stood out to me because she said, I feel like I've failed. And I think that's where so many people find themselves as they're struggling with decisions that our young adult children make, that you can feel like you failed. But first of all, know that it's normal to feel that way and that you're not alone. And that it's not a failure on your part. God gave our children free will. And there probably have been times in your life where you used your free will in ways that rejected the way that you were raised or rejected your parents' morals or in in some way rebelled against the the things that you knew were, were right and good. We've all done that. That's what sin is, right? When we use our goodwill in inappropriate ways and choose things that God doesn't want for us, which is what's going on here, what, what was going on last week in the email that I received from Mary and what's going on with Deborah's daughter. Um, but it's not, our kids aren't our little projects that we get to control. They they have their own lives and their own free will. God's given them that gift. But I want to encourage you to, you know, know that you're not alone and know that you, this does not mean that you are a failure. This isn't your project. This this is um, your daughter who is a unique human being with a will of her own. And unfortunately, she's using it to to make choices that are are going to be harmful to herself and and now to her young daughter. But you can't control that. That's not your failure. So I, I think it's important to know that you're not alone because I think that sometimes you feel isolated, especially inside of the church, when you have children who are making choices that you never would want for them. And there's that feeling of failure or that feeling of shame or not wanting people to know about it. So I know that you. Are, this is such a common story 
it's a very sad story. It's a very painful story for every person that is living through it, but it is very common. And um, then I want to encourage you to, to focus on the power of prayer. That is a gift that you have that you can give your daughter right now, whether she appreciates it or not. You can be praying for your daughter. You have faith. She's not practicing her faith right now, but you are. You have that faith. So I think turning to God in prayer as a way of supporting your daughter is also a way that's going to help you because it's going to help you to learn to let go of what you cannot control and to find peace inside the role that you're being called to play right now in your daughter's life, which unfortunately is on the sidelines. You're not able to control what she's doing. But then you you mentioned, you know, that this young man that your your daughter is with, he's he's nice and respectful and kind. And you're wondering if you can talk to him. I, I say, absolutely, you can talk to him. Be talking to your daughter too. Invite them in. Make sure they are being connected with you. Have them over for dinner. Make sure they feel welcome in your home. And of course, you can talk to him. He's the father of your grandchild. Of course, you can talk to your daughter. But, you know, always be be careful that you're inviting and welcoming them in and really be encouraged to know that the power of your example is so much more important than the power of any particular magical words that you might say. Sometimes you might feel like, oh, I'm having them over to dinner. I've got to have these important conversations. I need to teach them all the things. I need to point out the things they're doing wrong. And I think that is not so much important as it is to invite them in love them and let them see from your example the importance of faith and maybe encourage their questions or you know ask some some questions of your own but not in a, a demanding way and not in a, a judgmental way but in a way that's going to be highlighting the truth for them and you know in the end the church doesn't have these teachings about sex and marriage because she wants to ruin everyone's fun the church has these teachings about the the proper place for sex inside of marriage because we hurt ourselves when we use sex in other ways and we hurt other people as you can see right now with your your granddaughter you know where every child has the right to be born into an intact family with a married mother and father that kind of permanence is an important gift that God means to give to people when they're beginning families. And the vocation of marriage, it, it's a sacrament. So it really is a beautiful gift that the church wants to give to young people. And it's a gift, unfortunately, that your your daughter is rejecting right now. But, you know, I think it's important to make sure that you are phrasing this in a way that is very positive and encouraging and focusing on what, what the church is inviting them into and inviting them to value and the the benefits that that come from making those kinds of decisions in the right. Okay, and then finally, I just want to encourage you, Deborah, to trust in the goodness of God, that He loves your daughter and He loves the young man she's with, and He loves your granddaughter more than you do. As hard as that is for us to wrap our brains around as moms sometimes. God loves them more than we do, and He wants what's good for them even more than we do. So remember that and trust in the goodness of God. Sometimes we get wrapped up in thinking, I need to do this. I need to fix this situation when really maybe what we need to do is be on the sidelines a little bit, learn to let go of control, be a prayer warrior on their behalf, and then allow the Holy Spirit to move in their lives and trust in the goodness of a God who wants to do exactly that for your family. All right, if you have a question like Mary, or if you have some feedback you'd like to offer Mary, 
I know many people listening have been in similar circumstances. Maybe you want to share something that especially was helpful to you inside of that struggle. Please send it to me and I'll make sure that she gets it. You can send it to me, danielle at daniellebean.com. Well, that's all the time we have for today, but I want to remind you about getting over and getting your pre-order in. There's a limited time where you're able to pre-order, and that's how you get that bonus gift of the downloadable companion journal for my new book, Whisper, Finding God in the Everyday. So make sure you get over there. You can go to ascensionpress.com to find out more about the book and get that pre-order in, or you can connect with me on social media. I'm Danielle Bean on Instagram and Facebook. I will be glad to point you in the right direction to get your pre-ordered copy of my new book, Whisper, Finding God in the Everyday. But I want to thank you most of all just for being here. Thank you for showing up. It really means so much to me. It's so encouraging to me that you show up and we're able to connect through the podcast each week. It's a privilege and it's an honor to get to spend this time with you every week right here on the Girlfriends Podcast. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between DanielleBean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation. 